No more chains are binding me. I'm totally free. Hello, Faith Family, and welcome to another edition of Totally Free. It's the radio broadcast ministry of Free to Worship Ministries, now in Midway, Florida, where Pastor Ken Colvin is our senior pastor. Today we're talking about watching and praying our way to victory. The Lord God, he called us to be free. He called us to be victorious. And today we're going to deal with a very, very familiar passage of scripture. But before we do that, we're going to talk about prayer. Just a couple of scriptures. I want somebody to turn with me to Philippians. The fourth chapter is six through seven. Father, we glorify you and worship you in this place today. We exalt you and we magnify you. And it reads, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be careful for nothing. Somebody say, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Okay, so this idea of being careful for nothing, be careful for nothing, he's not saying don't care about anything, okay? What he's saying is don't be full of care about it. Okay? Don't go home at night and stay up till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning worrying about stuff that you don't have control over. But he said, do what? But in everything by prayer, if it's something that's on my mind, I know that I can go to the Father and I can pray about it and I can leave it at his doorstep and he's going to take care of it in his time and I'm always going to be all right. That's what Jesus was saying when he was on the, on the boat taking a nap in the midst of the storm. He wasn't worried about the storm because he left the prayer at the doorstep. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you just got to leave a prayer at the doorstep. Come on. And it's going to be all right. Amen? Amen. Amen. The next one we're going to deal with is going to be James, the fifth chapter, 13 through 16. James, the fifth chapter, 13 through 16. Is there any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now I like this passage because it deals with everything that we need. You see, it doesn't just deal with the natural, okay, yeah, we have natural sicknesses, but sometimes we also have spiritual sicknesses. And he says, listen, if you're having these things that you're dealing with, he says, listen, all we have to do is we have to come to one another and through prayer, these things can be taken care of. So he says what? Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. Confess your faults 
one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed, not just naturally, but spiritually too. You see, now sometimes this is where we run into problems because it's very difficult confessing things that are embarrassing. It's difficult to tell people what you're doing at your house sometimes after 12 in the morning. It's difficult to confess those things, but it's necessary. Because healing can't take place in the midst of concealment. But if you confess those things, not to everybody, he said to the elders, go to the elders. Because everybody ain't going to know how to deal with your issue. And sometimes people will take your issue and they'll go and they'll spread it to people that they ain't got no business spreading it to. You go to the elders of your church. Sometimes you'll confess something to somebody that, that you're trying to get off your chest. You're trying to get a brother. I had that happen to me once. I went to a brother tried to confess something to him and, and this brother looked at me like this brother looked me up and down and he treated me different every day after that. And I was like, okay, I'll never do that again. Go to the elders of your church and the prayer of faith will make you whole. Amen? We're not here to condemn anybody. You see what I'm saying? Because a lot of the stuff that people are dealing with are things that we've dealt with. You see what I'm saying? And yeah, we can be embarrassed about it. Or we can get free from it. Amen. It was embarrassing when I was doing it, just like it's embarrassing when anybody else is doing it. Amen? So the, the point of these scriptures is to give people uh, faith in their prayer life. Have faith in your prayers. Your prayers are not just touching the ceiling and coming back down. They're not just coming out of your mouth and feeling the atmosphere and nothing is happening but God is sitting and he's listening and he said this is the confidence that we have that when we come to him and we pray to him that he hears us it is a benefit of being a child of God that is not extended to anybody in the world outside of those that are in Jesus Christ are you here glory to Jesus but the verse that we're going to be dealing with today is Matthew, the 26th chapter, in the 41st verse. I've heard people quoting this scripture all month. All month. So we're just going to deal with it a little bit today, amen? Matthew 26 and 41, and it reads... Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So he's telling us to watch and pray that we enter not into temptation. Watching, being alert, paying attention to the things that are taking place around us. And right now, we live in a time where there's so many things that are taking place around us. So it's not just praying, but it's watching and praying. 
And I would contend that the first is the more important of the two. We have to watch. We have to pay attention to the things that are taking place around us. We have to be able to discern properly what it is that's taking place around us. And the only way that we do that is by the power of the Spirit of God living inside of us. Why? Because if we don't, we'll be on board with everything that sounds like a good idea. Oh, we need to go over here, we need to do this. Oh, we need to go over here and do that, and it sounds good. And we're tugged this way, and we're tugged that way, and everybody's dropping facts and all of these things in our ears, and we just don't know which way to turn. Uh -huh. Who should I listen to? Who should I not listen to? But he's saying, watch. How do I watch? I use the word of God. I use the spirit of God living inside of me. Watch and pray so that you don't enter into temptation. Because right now there's just so many things that are going on and everybody wants you to be a part of their cause. Everybody wants you to be. The, the Democrats want you to go this way. The Republicans want you to go that way. The people in the middle want you to go this way. The celebrities want you to turn back and go that way. The teachers want you to go this way. Watch and pray so that you can properly discern where it is that you ought to be. Amen. Because if we're not watching, those things have the ability to pull us away from where we're supposed to be. Everything that sounds like a good cause is not a God cause. Amen. What cause do we have as the church? Because that's the one that we should be engaging in. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's the cause that we have as the church. So if they're not supporting your cause, you tell them, now you go and you do your thing, I'm going to do what I need to do. I promise you, we got enough work. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of work. I'm telling you, we do. If you feel like you don't, come see me after church. Amen. I got some work for you. Glory. So then the question is, are we watching? Are we praying? If not, we will enter into temptation. We will enter into temptation if we are not watching and praying. So you say, well, Jeff, what do you mean by entering into temptation? Turn with me to James, the first chapter, the 14th and the 15th verse. Let's deal with this. Are we watching and are we praying? James 1, 14 through 15, and it reads, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, it brings forth death. So then, temptation... And entering into temptation, that's when, I, when I'm drawn away of my own lust. This is how a person enters into temptation. When I'm drawn away of my own lust, there's lust. There's things that, that, that live in my flesh. When my flesh is in control, 
when I'm being drawn away by my own lust and enticed. That's how a person enters into temptation. It's my own lust convincing me to walk outside of the will of God. It's alcohol convincing me to, to, to walk outside of the will of God. We, sex outside of marriage, are these things causing me to walk outside of the will of God? Because the minute they do, that's when I've entered into temptation. That's when sin comes forth. And sin, when it is finished, it brings forth death. We're going to deal with this just a little bit more. So then Jesus says, watching and praying are given as a solution to keep us away from this. Now he's not saying that nobody here is going to be tempted. Everybody in this room is going to be tempted. Every fall, everything that people struggle with is common to men. The things that you struggle with are the things that I struggle with. I'm not any different just because I'm holding the microphone. Everything that you guys struggle with are the things that I struggle with. People say something crazy and you want to you wanna punch them in the back of the head. Guess what? I do too. I do. Sometimes people say something and you just look at them and you just want to Kick them in the back. When they're walking off. I feel that. And I'm with you. And Glory, if you do it, just come see the elders. We'll get you squared away. <laughs> I deal with the same temptations that you do. They're all the same. Amen? Even Jesus himself dealt with temptation. But there's a difference between being tempted and entering into temptation. Amen. 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 When temptation comes, we're expected to resist, flee temptation, get out of there. So then, what he's saying is that if we don't watch and we don't pray, that we will enter into temptation. It's not something that could possibly happen. It's not something that, 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 hey, you know, it's probable that it might happen. He's saying that it's something that will certainly happen. If we're not watching and if we're not praying, we will enter into temptation. Don't second guess it. It will happen. Amen? So why is this something that would definitely happen? Let's, let's see. We just got to read the scripture again. What did he say? Why is this something that would definitely happen? How do I know that? Let's look at the scripture again. Matthew 26 and 41. Matthew 26 and 41. And he says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation because the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I want to do it but I'm having problems with my flesh. Paul explained it a little bit different. Turn with me to Romans, the seventh chapter, the 14th verse. We're going to go 14 through 23. 
7th chapter, the 14th verse. And he says what? For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. I like the way he starts this passage. Because he gives a contrast. He said, I'm already at a disadvantage. Because the law is spiritual, but I'm not. The law is spiritual, but I'm carnal. Sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consider to the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but it's sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present in me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. So what he's saying is, listen, I want to do this. But I just can't find out how to do it. I desire to do this. But I just can't do what it is that's being expected out of me. He says, for the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. I delight in the law of God after the inward man. What is he saying? My spirit is willing. I delight in the law of God after the inward man. My spirit is willing. I want to do this. I agree that this is good. But what happened? 23. But I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. There's another law that's at work inside of me. And it's at war against this law that I have in my mind and it's bringing me into captivity to the law of sin that's in my members, my flesh. So what does Paul mean by this law of sin? What is he talking about? What law of sin is he talking about? We talked about it earlier in James, the first chapter. It's this process of sin. Being drawn away by my lust and enticed. The lust then brings forth sin, and sin, it brings forth death. And Paul is saying, listen, I'm trapped by this process. I'm being taken captive by this process. I'm being enslaved by this process. I'm trying to get loose from this process, but I can't get free. The law of sin, which is in my members. You see, this passage is a perfect example of what Jesus was trying to say to them. He's explaining it everything step by step. He's let you know exactly what it is that we're struggling with. He said, I want to do these things. I really do. I want to do them. But I can't do it. 
trying to do it. I've I've tried to will myself to do it, but I just can't find out how to do it. The power to perform it is not there. I can't do it. And there's many people in the world today that deal with these same things. The power to perform it is not there. But Jesus tells us what? He says, oh, okay, I see that you're dealing with those things. You see, the problem that you're dealing with, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. So then what do I need to do? I need to watch. And I need to pray. I need to watch, and I need to pray. Those are the solutions to the problems that we face. That's the antidote to everything that's broken. Now, most of the problems that we struggle with today come as a result of the lack of these two things. Not watching and not praying. So you say, okay, well, what is is watching and what is praying? What is watching and what is praying? Watching is the place where we identify potential threats to our walk with God. It's the place where we identify those threats. Alcoholism, fornication, adultery, backbiting, violence. It's the place where we identify those things. And praying is the place where we find the power to neutralize those threats. It's the place where we find power to overcome. Because every last one of us, no matter how good it is that we see that we're doing, he said what? Take heed. He said, you that stand, he said, take heed lest you fall. Because the only thing that we stand by is the grace and the power of God. Every person. Nobody has the ability to be good on their own. If we could, then Jesus didn't have to come and die. We'd have been straight. If we stand, we stand by grace. And prayer is the place where we go to find grace. Hebrews 4 and and 16. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. In the time of need, we find power from God to keep us in those places of weakness. So we identify and we receive power. Amen? But what happens if we don't watch? What happens if we don't watch? Proverbs 4, 18 through 19. Proverbs 4, 18 through 19. We're almost done. And it says what? He said, but the path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more into the perfect day. But the way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. What happens if we don't watch? 
You see, if I don't watch, the threat is not identified. Or it's not perceived as a threat. And what happens is I go out and I welcome with open arms anything that comes to me that sounds good. I think with my flesh. I think with my mind. Oh, man, she looks good. That looks good. We should do that tonight. I think with my flesh. Oh, they're getting ready to smoke over here? Okay, yeah. Let me go over here and link up with these people. Oh, they're going to the club tonight? Well, let me go over here. Indiscriminately. Anything that sounds good to my flesh when I'm not watching, I lose my ability to discern. And what happens? I end up being a person that the word of God says what? Woe to him that calls good evil and evil good. I lose my ability to discern if I'm not watching. And we've seen so many people like this. You ever seen somebody that, that, that their life is just in shambles? Their life is just in shambles. You, you're looking at them. They're running around here. They're doing this. They're doing that. Every time they come around, they got a story about how great an experience they had doing such and such. But you got kids over here. Paying child support over there. You, you ain't got no money. All your money's gone. Bad decision after bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. Why? Because they weren't watching. They weren't watching. And he says what? It says darkness. They know not at what they stumble. They look at everything crumbling around them. And they point their fingers at everybody except themselves. It's everybody's fault except for mine. Because they're not watching. You're stumbling, but you don't know why you're stumbling. Because you're not watching. We've seen this over and over again. In fact, if we're being completely honest, it's lives that we've lived. Before we came to the cross of Jesus Christ and learned the right way and started implementing some of those things. The worst thing that a person can do is go out and have a baby before they get established. But you see so many people doing it. And then once they end up young and they don't have the money that they need, and it's, it's like, it's difficult for them. They're not married. They got the baby over here and they ain't really making no money. But now you got these child support and everything just stacks up. That's why the Bible gives us a way to do this. Get your partner and then have a baby. So that you guys can support one another. And the family unit takes care of the family. Everybody takes care of one another. But instead when you do it the other way. Everybody's at odds with one another. This person wants child support. This person wants visitation. And everybody's fighting. Nobody's united. Why? Because nobody was watching. Watch and pray. Because the 
spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. Look at your name and say, we have to watch. I'm going to cut it right there. I'm not going to go into the next session. Stand your feet all over the building, please. Now, this was a message that was just really on my heart because I know that sometimes it can be discouraging and sometimes we can feel like we're out here on our own. Sometimes it feels like, like we deal with things that nobody else is dealing with. But he said that we ought. Nothing has taken us except for such as calling them to men. We all deal with the same things. That's why I always tell you guys to pray for me. Because I can't stand by myself. I need you guys' prayers. I need you guys' prayers. I need God's grace on my life so that I can stand. Every person in this building is in need of the grace of God in their lives so that you can bring forth the way that God created you to bring forth. And a lot of times when we don't incorporate these principles into our lives, it leaves us in places where we're out there by ourselves and then we feel abandoned and we don't have people there that got our back because we surrounded ourselves with the wrong people. We've seen it. And this time I'll open the altar. No more chains are binding me. I'm totally free. We hope you enjoyed today's message and invite you to fellowship with us at our new location. That's 32319 Blue Star Memorial Highway in Midway, Florida, 32343, where God wants to meet you midway. Until next time, Faith Family, be blessed and remember, in Christ you are totally free. No more chains are binding me. I'm totally free.